I want to welcome all of you to our podcast, From My Kitchen Table, which is both inspired and created by our successful and award-winning Women Create magazines. For those of you who do not know me, I am Jo Packham, a small-town homegrown girl who had no big dreams of being the creator and editor-in-chief of your magazines, Where and What Women Create, among which we have profiled over 745 women from around the world in over 265 books and magazines. I am so thankful that you are here joining us today. Our podcast, which is for and all about you, will be coming to you weekly. So please listen on your platform of choice. The guests we have are visionaries who consist of artists, designers, foodies, and entrepreneurs each taking us through the ups and the downs of living a creative life. I will be introducing you to those in our industry, some well-known and some you have never met. These women have crafted amazing works of imagination, transformed cooking and baking into an art form, built successful businesses, inspired entire communities, and each has a story to tell of perseverance and triumph that will help each of us on our own personal journey. So welcome to From My Kitchen Table. This is the place to come together, to learn, and to share the passion, the process, the inspiration, the wisdom, and the journeys of living a creative life. I would like to welcome all of you to From My Kitchen Table today. It's a very special day for us because our guest, it's her second appearance on From My Kitchen Table. I've been friends with her mother for a very long time, and it's an extremely talented family. And what I wanted to do was I wanted to have Lori Siebert, who is an artist extraordinaire and a longtime friend. I wanted to interview her. Then I wanted to interview her and her daughter, Kinsey, together because they're kind of a mother-daughter team now. And then I wanted to introduce Kenzie Alston by herself as a designer in her own right, because there is good and bad to working with your mom and being part of a team. And Kenzie is so young and so good. And I think she has so much to share with all of you that this is her turn to tell her story all by herself. So. Kenzie Elston is a born creative who loves color, whimsy, and all things floral. With a degree in graphic design, she works for her parents' small design firm, Lika, who licenses art to a variety of companies. Outside of illustrating, Kenzie is a notorious collector of sketchbooks, antique, chotskis, novels, and she lives for daily dance parties with her two young sons. Welcome, Kenzie, to From My Kitchen Table. Thank you. I'm so it excited is, to be here again. <laughs> well, it's such an honor to have you back because I feel like you're part of the up and coming new generation that will continue to put um, everything, make everything different and oh. put it on a higher level. And oh, so <laughs> tell us about, I don't want to go into great detail because I want everybody to listen to the <clears throat> podcast with you and your mom. But just as a, a short introduction, just tell us a really tiny bit about you and your mom working together. Okay, so um, obviously I grew up in a creative environment from birth. And um, I remember even like some of my earliest childhood memories are tag team drawing and doodling with my mom. And it kind of just 
flourished from there, even as a young kid, all the way up until I went through college. Um, and my ultimate goal was to always work for my parents' design firm. And that's what I ended up doing. I did get experience elsewhere before joining um, their firm, Olika, which was great. And I'm so thankful that I did because I think it's really important for, it was really important for me at least to um, kind of figure myself out in outside of working for my mom. Um, so I had experience elsewhere. And then when I was pregnant with my first son, ended up um, quitting that job and moving part-time with my parents' firm. And it's been really great. I mean, we work really well together. We collaborate daily, get laugh all the time, <laughs> throw ideas around. And I'm really, I'm really lucky and thankful. Well, you're very blessed to have such a talented and wonderful mother. I think she is one of the nicest people in the industry <laughs> and such a joy to be around. So working with your mom, as talented as she is, was it hard for difficult for you to find your authentic voice? Um, I wouldn't say so much finding my authentic voice. Sometimes it can be challenging. Um, I would say within the last couple of years is when I've really focused on my own style. Up until then, I've always had the creative gene and I've always uh, had things that I gravitate towards visually, but I never was really drawing for my own purposes, if that makes sense. Um, our working relationship up until about two years ago was she would come up with the concepts and paint the art and then me, myself and one other person that works for them would um, bring it to life onto product and renderings in the computer because my mom does everything by hand. Um, I Sometimes it can be challenging because I feel like uh, in a way I was born into it so I ride the coattails a little bit but I've kind of come to terms with that and just realized that it's just a tool in my toolbox that I was lucky enough to be blessed with. <laughs> and um, I feel like I have started to like come into my own and make a name for myself instead of relying on utilizing her name in the industry. Okay, so tell us what that looks like. Exactly, coming into your own and um, not, you know, not just doing work for your mom. So, do you come up with your own ideas, ideas for product, ideas for designs? Do you get her to help you present them? Tell us what that looks like in sure. a day-to-day -day basis. Okay, so um, as of now, we are sort of working separately um, where I have my personal to-do list and she has her personal to-do list and I have clients that my mom has worked with for a long time, um, but I am now working with them as my own person instead of working through her and then to coming to me. I'm in direct contact with people now. So um, I have been coming up with my own concepts and creating art. And then a lot of things that a lot of opportunities have also come up for me through Instagram. Um, people will reach out directly and if it's a good fit, we'll work something out. And I've 
made a couple of new clients that way, which has been really great. So does your mom help you negotiate the contracts with your new clients? Because that is one of the most intimidating aspects of art, I think, yes. to make sure that you're um, paid fairly and not taken advantage of. So are there certain points of the contract that are troublesome sometimes? I mean, that you could share with other artists because I know as publishers, um, we spend a lot of money on lawyers. Yeah, and, um, to, you know, to 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 protect ourselves. So artists has got to be the same kind of a thing. Yeah, it's a it is a challenge. And it's something that I am learn trying to learn the ropes around because, you know, my parents are nearing retirement age. And um, I am trying to figure out what's next for me once they do retire, because I don't, as of right now, my dad is the one that um, handles all of the business side of the company. So he deals with the contracts and the finances. So he's kind of my gut check person for when a new contract comes in. Um, because I am not privy to the vernacular. And like you said, I mean, figuring out what is appropriate wages can be really challenging because I tend to undersell myself and that's something that I'm trying to really know my worth and my value. But I also, I love the community and I love working with people and I don't wanna come across as being too arrogant and asking for too much. So it's like a good, it's like a give and take. You never really know what the right answer is. And I've asked other illustrators on, that I've met through Instagram and elsewhere and I don't really think anyone has a clear cut answer <laughs> to what oh is appropriate for what you should be getting paid. <laughs> that is so true. And every company is so different in how they manufacture. And I do think you're facing a change in the world of manufacturing because um, for a long time, it's all been in China. Mm -hmm. And I do think it's going to start coming on shore. Yeah. Know? So that is both good and bad for lots mm -hmm. of different reasons. Um, I believe in America made, but you know, I've also had many designs produced overseas, so I can't be too cynical about all of that. So tell us what it looks like um, in your mind at this moment, and I know it will change, of course, mm -hmm. but what it looks like or what you dream of <clears throat> happening when your mom and dad do retire. That's a really great question. <laughs> Obviously, I have grown to love working for myself, <laughs> essentially. I mean, I work for them, but I manage my own schedule. I have flexibility in order to help with my kids' schools or, you know, pickups and drop-offs. And the balance of work-life is really important to me because I want to be as present of a parent as I can, as well as a creative. Um, so ultimately, I see myself as kind of shifting into my own, I think I'm going to have to create my own LLC, where it'll be um, part freelance, part art licensing, and then maybe I have my own Etsy shop or something. That's wow. sort of how I am thinking about the future at this point. You know, things can obviously change and 
we'll see what happens yeah. and and see what happens and see what happens yes because it changes a hundred times yeah. before the end of the day but so at the company where you're working right now is there just the four of you yes there is it's very tiny <laughs> well so so when because i've been a solo entrepreneur myself and the drawing and everything you know is is what you love and what you're really good at but the correspondence and the billing and the follow-up and mm -hmm. all of those kinds of things can sometimes sometimes be a time suck mm -hmm. and daunting simply mm -hmm. because you don't want to do them so um so has your dad done those in the past those he, kinds of things he handles um like i said the contracts he reads through all the contracts and um he negotiates those types of things, but correspondence really is me or my mom. Like he'll tell us what is wrong with the contract or what we need to change or revise. And then either me or my mom are the one that's actually communicating with the clients. So I feel good about corresponding. It's just the figuring out the actual <laughs> rights and wrongs in the business world. That is a lesson that I'm still trying to tackle. <laughs> um, I've been in that business world for 44 years and I'm 72 and I'm still trying to tackle it. So <laughs> don't, don't be too hard on yourself because it changes and it, and there are so many surprises that yeah. are in, that are not anticipated. So, and the nice thing about you is that you are always only a telephone call away from your dad. Yes. So he can. Well, that's what they say. It's not like once they retire, they're just going to cut me off. <laughs> so right. I still have. Oh, no. In my yeah. back pocket. But I also, you know, I don't want to be a burden on them. Like they've worked there really hard for 35, 40 years, and they deserve to not have to worry about their daughter and how her business is functioning. So. Well, I think that is very gallant of you. And um, I sure they appreciate you saying that, but as a mother, I can guarantee you that they will worry about you <laughs> every day forever. I oh think yes, it's just, I'm sure. Just the same as you will with your children, right? <laughs> yes. Mean, um, you try not to, you try to let go, but when you've worked together and played together and lived together and been through the whole thing, you're so intertwined mm -hmm. that um, I can guarantee you too that when they retire, your mother's going to have withdrawals. Yeah. You know, because she's she's good at what she does and she receives lots of positive feedback <clears throat> and lots of praise. And that's hard to let go of. Yeah. Because there's a real um, you feel like, am I too old? Am I a husband? Am I this? Am I yeah. that? You know, so. She'll need lots of support from you as well. Well, I think um, my dad's answer is always, well, you know, mom's never going to retire. And I'm like, I, I understand she's going to be doing something creatively for the end of her, until the end of her days. <laughs> but I don't want her to feel like what she does has to revolve around what I'm doing. And I don't think it's not moving in that direction. And I don't think she feels that way. It's just something that I want to be cognizant of and never take advantage of her time. Oh, you're such a good daughter. You really, really <laughs> oh, are. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a, you're a gift to your mom for sure. So do you ever see yourself um, having, when your kids are uh, grown and on their own, do you ever see 
your company expanding and being more than just you? Or do you think you're happy with just your in your own design world? Um, I, you know, I don't know. I honestly haven't really thought about it just because at this point it hasn't really reached beyond where I feel like I can manage it on my own. Um, obviously if things start snowballing and going really well, I won't be able to do it all by myself. So that's definitely not out of the question, but I haven't really put much thought into it yet. <laughs> so how long have you been in the company? Uh, I've, I started working for the company six and a half years or yeah, six years ago. So to this date, what are you most proud of? Oh, wow. Um, I am really proud of myself within the last couple of years, like figuring out my own style and aesthetic and um, actually like figuring out what it is that I want to put out into the world. That is something that I would say that I'm proud of. And it, I just made a decision during COVID that I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to start drawing for myself every day with the goal of trying to figure out what it is that I want to be drawing for myself. And then if things stick, that's great. If not, that's fine too. <laughs> so because podcasts are verbal and not visual, um, can you kind of explain to the um, listeners what that is, what you found out during COVID that you like to draw that represents you? Yeah, um, I really tend to gravitate towards um, quirky, whimsical illustrations. I also love um, illustrating characters and animals. Um, one of my goals at some point in time is I would love to illustrate a children's book, whether it be one that I've written or one that somebody else has written and I'm illustrating. That's one thing that I think that I would really enjoy. Um, so it's a lot of wit and whimsy. I, I tend to put a lot of humor into my work because I love reading and I love wordplay and puns are one of my love languages. <laughs> oh, nice. So I, um, I include a lot of language and um, sentimental messages that aren't um, so serious. Like I like to have that level of humor to them where they're relatable, but also heartfelt. What we'll do so that um, the listeners will know is we'll have you send a couple of your favorite pieces uh, so that we can post them on your podcast on the site. Sure. On, um, and then of course, all your links to Instagram and everything. So everybody can see the kind of work that you're doing. Because I know like with your mom, she has her own style, but she was also a licensing agency. So if somebody wanted her to do a certain something, she did that, right? Mm -hmm. But I think one thing that both of us um, have going for us is we can kind of be a design chameleon. Um, I would say if you look at my Instagram, that's just one facet of what I can do. I can really ebb and like kind of fit my way into um, many different styles and techniques and um so i and i think that that comes from having a design background because i i'm used to working off of trend boards so i can see a trend board and mimic the style and um create even if it's not my own personal aesthetic uh, from what i know about artists i think that is truly a gift because some 
a lot of artists can do one thing. They're mm -hmm. really good at it, mm -hmm. you know, and it represents them, but that's the, they're kind of limited. I don't know whether that's psychologically, whether they can't wrap their head around something that isn't actually their art or whether it's a talent. I, I mean, I, do you know, I mean, I, is, I don't know. Cause it's always kind of come naturally to me to sort of um, work with what is, I'm a visual person. So if I see something visually, I can eat pretty much always usually, obviously there's exceptions, translate it. Like, even if it's um, like a men's product, I tend to be able to like take what I see and translate it visually to be something else. So I'm thankful that I have that in me, but I also do admire artists that have a very strong signature look because I think that that's another thing that's something to be proud of, you know, like Lisa Congdon, everybody recognizes her style. Um, there's another artist that I love, Elizabeth Olwyn, and she has such a very iconic style that I really admire. So I don't really think I have that. I My mom says that I have a style, but it's not something that is present through each of my illustrations, I don't think. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> Well, I think everything has good and bad things associated with it, right? Because yeah. when you're known for a specific style, you your career certainly does ebb and flow mm -hmm. because nothing stays at the top of the list forever. Mm -hmm. So um, you, you go through phases where you're really popular, then people move on to another style or to a different artist. And then usually they come back. They come yeah. back ebb and flow so there's advantages and disadvantages to everything as yeah um yeah in everything absolutely right? and I do think like I like to think that I am pretty good at staying up on trends and following what is um trending at the moment um and that I think also comes from having a design background and graphic design degree is there one product that you like designing for more than another? I mean, like dishware, clothing, prints. So is there something yeah. that, you know, is your favorite? Oh, that's so, that's hard. Um, it's challenging because to answer that because a lot of the art that I do, manufacturers will take and put it on many different products. <laughs> so, um, I will say one thing that has been really fun is um, working on vinyl rugs, um, a line called Floor Flare through Studio M. That's been really fun to see how I can translate some art and create a whole rug collection out of them. Oh my gosh. Is yeah. there something that you want to design on that you haven't had the opportunity to? I have a few greeting cards out in the world, but that's something that I... I would love to have my own line of greeting cards at some point, just Our because I do love the wordplay and I, I like messaging and I think that cards can, the illustrations on cards can be so fun. So. I love greeting cards and, and I haven't been, I don't even think there's an international stationary show anymore. Is there, there used to be I'm in the sure. old days. Is with that, hundreds of greeting card illustrators. Wasn't it and, during this, like the same time as Surtex? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, cause I love greeting cards too. I say this 
a lot. I have an enormous collection of greeting cards. Yeah. Because I, I love the art. I love the sayings on them. I love, you know, lots of thought in very few words. That's how I feel too. I think they can be so impactful with just minimal language. Exactly. And I think that's a gift. I do like to write some like short things. I'm not a writer by any means, but like short phrases. I like to riff off of um, phrases that are already out in the world and figure out a new way to bring a message home. It is definitely a gift because it's very difficult to say something profound in very few words. Yeah. I, I can testify to that <laughs> 1000% because I, I've said this before too. I can say something, I think I can say something kind of profound in a thousand words, but I can't say anything profound in like 15 words or 10 words or less. That yeah. is, that is really, really hard. So where do you get your inspiration when you're going to start working on a new project and you're looking for something to inspire you? Mm -hmm. Where do you go? It's a lot of Pinterest scrolling, a lot of, um, I'll walk through stores that have similar products, um, to see what's out there in the world now. Um, and for my own illustrations, I get inspired by my kids a lot. Like a lot of times I'll illustrate funny things that they have said <laughs> or represent, uh, like draw characters kind of doing, mimicking something that they've done. So, or what I, what I would want to hang in their room. Oh, are they boys? They are two boys. And I, um, I think a lot of my personal art has a youthful feel to it. Um, which is probably why I want to illustrate a children's book <laughs> Yeah, because I like, just have that in me. And I used to design diapers at the company before I worked for my parents. I worked for a design consultancy for P&G. So I was designing Pampers. So I've always just had that um, youthful design side to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a great story. The designing diapers. It never occurred to me that anybody designs diapers. I know because right? who would think of that, but people actually draw those characters that are on those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. They actually do. So do you think your, your um, interests and your style will change as your children grow older? What are you going to do when they're teenagers? I don't know. That's a really good question. Um, I don't, I don't think so. I think I'm always going to have that youthful um, aesthetic in me, whether it gets more, maybe it's a little more sophisticated as they get older. I don't know. They're probably not going to want to hang their mom's art in their rooms when they get to be teenagers anyways. So <laughs> yeah. it's, it's going to take until they're married and their wives want to hang their uh, yeah. mother-in-law's work. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because you go through that phase where I mean, your kids always appreciate the work you do, but they always have to keep a little bit of a distance, yeah. I think especially boys, right? Mm -hmm. so, um, so tell us what it was like the very first time you saw your art on a product. That was, well, I've seen my art that I've done. It was kind of like a collab between my mom and my, and my own in the past but this past January at the at the gift show was the first time that I've seen art that was solely mine on product and it was really exciting I mean 
I had a whole garden collection with Studio M. And that was really exciting because it was really one of the first illustrations that I was really proud of that I had done digitally on my own, no direction, just kind of went for it. And then it translated across multiple products and it looked really beautiful in the showroom. And then I also had a, a Christmas line um, with Creative Co-op that um, was more text driven, like type. And um, it had the whimsy and the colors that I love and just seeing it applied to all these different products was, I mean, my mom talks about it. She's like, you just lit up when you saw all of those <laughs> things. And um, it was really exciting. So I would have done more than lit up. I would have done <laughs> a happy dance up and down the aisles, right? So um, when you when you choose when you do the artwork and it's being manufactured by um, Creative Co-op and some of these larger companies, are they pretty true to your art? Do they respect what you've drawn, or do they sometimes try to change it? In all the experience I've had, people the companies have been nothing but respectful to the art and have used it in a way that I would not have thought of, but I appreciated the creativity in the product development side. For Studio M, it's a little bit different because um, I was really working the art onto their specs. So I had a little bit more control over um, how the art was applied to the product, but um, Creative Co-op always does an amazing job with their products and I trust them wholeheartedly when I give them um, a collection of my art that I know it's going to work with whatever they do with it. Do you get to approve it along the way? Not really with them. Um, she has a really great eye and she kind of just rolls with it and we just have that kind of trusting relationship that my mom has established in the past. Um, there are other companies that will show us how things look along the way. Have you ever rejected anything? I haven't, no. I don't know if it's the same for my mom. I'm not sure. Oh, well. <laughs> but I'm also like pretty new to this, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you see going forward? I mean, do you see staying about the same size until your children are a little bit older or and kind of doing the same thing? Or do you have some kind of a wild dream in the back of your head that you would like to pursue? I really am thankful for the flexibility in my schedule now, just because I try really hard to be as connected with my kids as I can and present for them whenever they need me. And that's just really important to me. Um, so I think for now, the scale of how things are going, I'm happy with. I obviously have many dreams and things that I want to pursue down the road, but I also know myself. I'm pretty self-aware enough to know that I would get too overwhelmed and just like lose it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But well, you know, <laughs> you see like, all these people online who are teaching Skillshare classes or have their own Etsy shops and package these beautiful orders with all of these amazing things. And I would love to be able to do that, but I also know myself and I 
have a just enough cynicism in me that I'm like, people are going to throw this away. So I don't feel like spending the time doing all of that. <laughs> well, plus what happens? I mean, I love those things too. I get all those little packages with the special paper and what on the, uh, and the paper on the outside, when they paint the paper on the outside. And what I always say to myself is I wonder if they have figured all of that extra time for packing and everything into their profits, right? Right, Because you, you have to, you have to figure in every single thing you're doing all yeah. the time mm -hmm. to actually be profitable. Otherwise mm -hmm. you make more money working at Costco, right? Because you get paid for every minute. And I think that's part of the code that I just haven't been able to wrap my head around or cracked it. So I just have been pushing that off. <laughs> like I will maybe do that when I have more time and a better, I don't have a really great workspace right now to be able to manage a whole online shop system. If you do, do you have an idea of maybe someday uh, you said open your own Etsy shop? Mm -hmm. Would it be handmade items like paintings and stuff that are one-offs? Would you do prints? Would you um, work with some of your companies to have product that they would manufacture for you? What are, do you have any thoughts on that? Or are you just, that's just kind of in the back of your mind for someday in the future? Um, I think now I would say it would be prints and greeting cards. And then if I figured out a way to maybe do t-shirts, printing t-shirts and some apparel pieces. But like I said, this is also down the pipeline. So I haven't really written out a business plan to figure that side out yet. <laughs> did your mom make you write a business plan in the beginning? She did not. <laughs> I've kind of just been using theirs. <laughs> yeah, good idea. I've never written one either. So I always thought I should. But then I thought, you know, no, I don't think I'll do that. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. So do you, are your children artistic? My oldest son is very creative and loves to draw. And my husband's an engineer and I feel like he's sick. So, you know, things could change, but as of now, he's the perfect intersection of an artist and an engineer because he has oh. this brain that is very inventive and he's always creating new games for us to play or um, drawing these intricate game boards and all these like crazy things that I'm like, where are you coming up with all of this? <laughs> <laughs> so I could absolutely see him doing something creatively and um, down the road, but I also don't want to push that on him. So I'm kind of just letting him figure it out as he goes. Um, but my youngest son, and he's pretty, I mean, he's almost four, so he really doesn't know yet, but, um, he doesn't seem to spark to drawing and coloring as much as Nash did at that age. He's more of a snack kid. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's cute. <laughs> Tell us both their names, Nash and what? Holden. Holden. Yeah. Oh, nice. And um, I'm sure they're your, their grandparents, the apple of their eye. Right? Oh, yes. They love them so much and they're so good with them. And um, I love watching the relationship between them and both sets of grandparents because they're close with both sets. So we're really lucky. Do you have any siblings yourself? I do. I have a younger brother. He's, uh, he'll be 29 this year 
and he's also an engineer. So um, he's a mechanical engineer. So he's really smart <laughs> and creative in a different way. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, it's all in the family, as yeah. they say. <laughs> so what words of advice would you give to young designers that don't have <clears throat> the resources of like your family business that you do? I think, you know, if I hadn't had my parents um, to kind of leverage, I still think that what helped me sort of take off is really just being consistent and putting myself out there and just saying, you know what, I'm going to draw daily and be, make it a daily practice so that it, you know, it's like exercise. People don't always want to exercise, but they say if you like work it into your schedule, it becomes second nature. And that's sort of worked for me um, where now if I don't draw during the day at some point, it feels strange. <laughs> um, but I think it really helps you figure out who you are creatively and, you know, things just tend to open up for you if you're consistent and you're there and you, I mean, obviously trend relevancy matters. So paying attention to what is happening in the world um, and how you can put your spin on what is important today. Which is really, really good advice. Um, and so give your advice if you can, you may not have a perspective on this, but if I were a young designer, if I were your age and I was doing all the right things and I thought I had something worth selling, mm -hmm. design ideas that were selling, how would I go about that? Because I wouldn't have the connections that you had, that your mom and dad had established. Yeah. And sometimes I feel a little guilty about that, I don't feel <laughs> that good. I've sort of just <laughs> fallen into it, but you know, I am thankful that that has worked out for me. Um, but I think you just can't really be afraid to put yourself out there. That's something I'm working on for myself as well. So I'm, I need to take my own advice, but one thing that I have been trying to learn from my mom is she's just fearless. And if she wants to do something or work with someone, she has no qualms sending an email and saying, I really admire your work. I would love to collaborate. And sometimes it lands and sometimes it doesn't, but she's always saying, saying what's the worst they can say? No. So I think that that's really great advice and something that I truthfully am trying to be better about. And I think I'm working up enough um, courage to be able to do that. But right now it's like, it's more about the time because I don't want to put myself out there and um, then let somebody down just because my time can be pretty limited. But right. When you reach out, you have to be able to be committed to follow through. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And one piece of um, advice that I would add to that from all of my experience is that if you don't get a response the first time and you really want a response, then you very politely send it again and again and again, Yeah, you know, until they say yes or no. And if they say no, then ask them why, mm -hmm. because a lot of times it has nothing to do with you mm -hmm. or your art. It's where the company is at a certain time. It's who they just hired. It's all of those kinds of things. And 
it does, you do have to be, the word you use with your, about your mom, fearless, you do have to be that. Yeah. You have to just summon up every ounce of courage that you have and do it over and over and over again. Because the one thing we all hate more than anything is rejection, mm -hmm. right? And well, so that's another thing I was going to add is um, another little piece of wisdom that my mom has passed on to me is within this business, you really do have to develop a thick skin because you might do something and you love it, but it might not be a right fit for a company that you had intended and they may pass and you might, you know, be hurt, but you can't take it personally because it is a business world at the end of the day. And people just are going to do what works for their business, even if it's something that you love and you just like throw it somewhere else, see if it sticks somewhere else. My mom, actually, we were just ch chatting yesterday and she um, was working on a concept line and going through all a bunch of recycled ideas that she has done in the past. She's like, I, a lot of these never went anywhere. <laughs> and she's <laughs> like, there's some really good ideas here. <laughs> And they just didn't happen. She said, you just can't take it personally because they're not, it really isn't about you. It's just the nature of the business. Which is extremely hard for artists. Oh yeah. Because it, your art <laughs> is all about you. Yeah. Right? It's it an expression of yourself. Soul. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> exactly. So, But I think that that also comes down to like what I was saying about being able to read trends because if you can read a trend and like I said, it might not be your own personal style, but it, it works more to what is like relevant today. I think that that's really beneficial because it might actually stick in a company easier than not that you shouldn't let go of who you are, but um, just being privy to what really is resonating with the masses. Okay, so let's talk about trends for a second, because that's a really interesting concept, because as an artist, you have to know what the trend is, but you also have to almost foresee the trend, mm -hmm. because if you wait till the trend is a trend, mm -hmm. you may be a little late to the party. Yeah. So how do you do that? How, where do you go to see something that's new, that looks like it's going to be a big trend, but hasn't really reached its full potential yet so that you can jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. Um, like I said, I do, I just do a lot of scrolling and researching online. And, um, you know, I think that European companies tend to be a little bit further ahead of us a lot of times. So I will search through um, a lot of like illustrators in Europe because um, I think they can be ahead of the curve and then it like trickles down to us on this side of the pond. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, you know, there's like the bigger retailers, like I love anthropology and that style might not work for everybody, but it, I can see something that is beautiful and say, okay, how could I translate this so that it could work within like for a more mass market. Um, what about this idea can be distilled down to work for elsewhere? Um, and then also being knowledgeable of what the companies that you're pursuing have in their stores now, because a lot of times they do have a certain clientele and a certain style 
that um, you sort of have to be able to read within their own company even and not stray too far ahead of what they're already selling. I don't know if that really answered the question. <laughs> no, it did. It okay. did because, because you, I, and I mean, there's no firm answer. It's, it's more like a magic trick, right? Yeah. Sometimes you're just in the right place at the right time with the right idea. Yeah, totally. And sometimes you're too early. Mm -hmm. You know, people just aren't on board yet. And sometimes you're way too late. And then it also comes back to like, just sometimes things just don't stick. Like that pile, my mom was saying, like, there were a lot of ideas and thought that went into there, but they just sometimes don't go anywhere. Yeah. Sometimes people just can't see the vision mm -hmm. or aren't willing to gamble on it. I mean, companies... What artists sometimes don't realize is how much money it takes to produce an item sure. and the whole process, you know, mm -hmm. so they at least have to feel fairly secure from their own perspectives right. to gamble on something else. Mm -hmm. So um, just because probably a lot of the younger artists don't understand the system, when you're working for a company like Creative Co-op, how do you get paid? Do you get an advance? Do you get royalties um, that start after it goes on sale? Explain that whole process a tiny bit. Sure. Um, so in licensing, they don't. There are not many companies that do advances anymore. I actually don't think that advances are allowed anymore. But I could be wrong. Again, this is my dad's side of the business. But um, within art licensing, most of the money comes from royalties. So you'll be creating art that won't be present in their showroom for about a year. So when you're starting out, you have to be prepared to wait for a whole year before you get, you see any money. And, and they, and I think you need to be prepared for the reality that sometimes you never receive any money because the line isn't successful enough to mm -hmm. cover the expenses, right? Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, so, which is, which because the royalty rates are, they're pretty, I mean, they're not large rates. It's like three to 7% usually of what um, is sold that you're getting. So it's not always the most lucrative of businesses, but if you can get with or start working for multiple companies, you can start to make a decent chunk of money. But you do have to have the wherewithal to invest your time before that begins to happen. Sure. And I don't think a lot of under, uh, younger artists understand that, mm -hmm. you know, because people want instant gratification <laughs> and that's not really the the business for them then. <laughs> yeah. Instant gratification and instant cash. Yes. Right? <laughs> well, and it's not that it's not deserved. I mean, you guys yeah. work really hard. You do everything you have to do and it's all on the gamble. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. It really so. is a lot about like, luck <laughs> a lot of times oh 100 mm -hmm. because by the time the product gets to market i mean how long so you um when you went to uh market mm -hmm. in january when did you start working on that product that you saw there so the holiday line that they had this time i actually did that a couple years ago I think um, they have like so much holiday product that, that that collection of art that I did got pushed back for one year. Like I did it with the intent of it being for one year, but then they had so much already in their line 
So it got pushed back for another year. So that was a whole two years of waiting before anything happened with it. Um, to where I like sort of forgot what it looked like. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then you have another whole year for them yeah. to sell it. Yep. Right. Because yeah. they have to sell it for a year. Yeah. And then they, you know, then they have to get paid. And then, I mean, it's just the whole, the whole payment down. Yeah. The, and you have to be able to support yourself in the meantime if you don't have a family business or you're on your own starting out or, you yeah. need to understand those kinds of things. So, which, which is why I think, you know, moving forward, I am sort of starting to think about um, like a threefold business system for myself, where a third of it will be freelancing because I've already have some um, working relationships with companies that I have pretty consistently freelanced for. And that you get paid hourly. So it's more consistent <laughs> money. <laughs> right. <laughs> And what are the other two folds? The second would be art licensing. So creating art um, that would hopefully be put on the product through the manufacturing clients that we have. And then the third um, is sort of miscellaneous at this point. I haven't quite figured out if I want it to be a shop or if I want it to be, um, you know, like doing a children's book or what have you. So we'll see. TBD on the part three. <laughs> well, and the TBD, you know, um, is something can come out of the blue yeah. that you never anticipated, right? That right. You're like, oh out my. of left field. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I really want to do this and I'm so glad it happened to me. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I, this is the part of the program, Kinsey, that I hate the most of all is when we have to come to an end, but right before we do what I usually do, I want to know if there's something that you some kind of um, inspirational is not the right word, but something that you can tell these young designers out there that may help them get through the tough times, you know, the quiet times when the insecure times. Yeah. You know, what would you say to them? I think it's important for everyone to know that that happens to everyone. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I have called my mom and been like I feel like I'm terrible and nobody likes what I'm doing and is this even worth it <laughs> and I think that it's important to hear that you're not alone in those types of feelings of insecurities and self-doubt um but you you just have to have the wherewithal to and the thick skin to just be like you know what who cares? I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have a lot of confidence in yourself. You yeah. do. And I would say I'm not an overly, I don't know, confident person. Like I, I have enough confidence in me to keep me going, but I wouldn't say that like I, it's something I'm working on to be able to throw myself out there and like pursue these companies that I dream of working with. And, um, so I think it's just important for everyone to realize that um, everybody feels that way at some point in time. That's, that's good advice. That's really good advice. You're, you're wiser than your years, Kinsey. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Okay, so one thing that I always ask everybody at the end of the, uh, the hour is, do you have a secret that 
and you've probably told this with your mom, but um, do you have a secret that not very many people know about you that you will share with our listeners? Well, you wanted it to be different than the last time, right? Correct. You okay. have two <laughs> secrets. <laughs> um, I'm kind of an open book, so I was having a really hard time thinking of a secret, but um, I guess one thing that many people don't know about me is like, I'm actually a really big scaredy cat. <laughs> like I am the biggest chicken. Like for instance, I have lived in my home for 10 years and we live in a lovely neighborhood, but I still hate sleeping here when my husband is not here. <laughs> Cause I, I hate feeling vulnerable and, um, I do feel vulnerable when I'm alone. <laughs> oh, I understand that hundred percent. I've been single almost my entire adult life. <clears throat> and um, I still, to this day, sleep with every light in the house on. Really? So that I can see somebody coming. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's yeah. dark in my bedroom, but if there's somebody in here, I want to be able to see them first thing. <laughs> I had to really, my husband went, he traveled to Scotland for work a couple months ago. And it was like, a whole week that I was going to be here alone. And I really had to do some self-coaching and like say like, you have to figure this out because otherwise you're not going to be sleeping for seven days straight. Exactly. But luckily well, we, we have, have a dog. Trip. Yeah. Oh, you have a dog. So that's we do have good. a dog. So she kind of serves as our um, alarm system. <laughs> so I just made her sleep with me and I ended up being fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you usually are fine. It's just yeah. getting your mind. In it's the all in your head. It's and that's all when, in your head. Yeah. And that's what I was trying to coach myself out of. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you probably did a really good job. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the last thing I always ask of everybody is if you have a favorite quote that you will share with us. Yeah. I actually wrote three down um, the last time we talked and I'm trying to remember which one I said then. I think I remember. Um, I love this Oscar Wilde quote, be yourself, everyone else is already taken. I love that too. <laughs> that, that is really a good one because sometimes we're afraid to be ourselves and not yeah. like the group, right? Yep. <laughs> the only disappointment that I have during our podcast from the kitchen table is when our time is over for today. It is such an honor for me to be able to create a moment for each of us to be together, to share our stories. I can promise you, and you can trust me, no matter how easy these guests make the journey appear, it wasn't. They each started by taking the first step, together and alone, frightened and inspired, ready or not, each one moving ever forward, simply doing what they love to do, and that is create. Because we are a community which is based on our support of one another, please remember to leave a review Leave a review, not only for these magazines, but for each other. It is a small investment of your time and yet an enormous gift to each of our guests that are working so very hard to be the best they can be in their chosen field. If you have any questions or want to know more, please visit womencreate.com. As you know, I am a lover of quotes and to end this chapter of From My Kitchen Table, I want to share my favorite quote with you. And that is, I love each of you and all of you with a thousand hearts. Until our next From My Kitchen Table, stay safe, keep notes, and take lots of pictures.
Well, Kinsey, it has been a delight to have you on the podcast by yourself. I love your mom, but I love getting to know you as well. And I wish you nothing but success and happiness Aww. in your career. Thank and you we so will, much. We will check in along the way. Yeah. To see how you're doing for sure. This has been really great. <laughs> it is a gift. See you later. Bye. <laughs>